no point in just throwing money at things and then yeah. when it doesn't work, you get upset by it. Yeah. Understand it. And then once you understand it, then you can make better decisions and informed decisions, right? So the biggest, the two biggest mistakes are number one is marketing is just all over the joint. It's sporadic. It's reactionary. It's like, oh, we made no money this month. Shit. Let's go throw 20 grand into ads and then we'll make lots of money. And then the following month, it's gone again. Like, it's like, wait a minute. You, you need to actually understand that you need a marketing plan. So that was number one. And number two is no sales process. So most people get by on the fact, you know, look, you're a very charismatic woman, right? So like if you were selling me something, I would buy it because you're charismatic. But then can your team also do the same thing? Like mm-hmm. do they have that charisma or that right. style or that finesse or right. that knowledge about around recruitment or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Do they have that? Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Welcome to Wake Up With Focus, your home to learn all things digital, marketing, content, branding, and business development, finding out what's gold and what's old in the world of digitalization, hear from industry leaders, and discover how to market to those who matter most to your business. With your host, founder of Focus Inc., that's Focus with a double C, Belinda Agnew. Today, we are waking up with Focus with a very special guest, the award winner of the first apprentice in Australia and a successful businessman, Morello. Well, his full name is Andrew Morello, but he does like to be called Morello. Morello is an entrepreneur, investor, author, and a motivational speaker. He now handles business development at the Entourage, a training institute of business leaders and entrepreneurs. He spent 10 years alongside Mark Boris AM, building out the Yellow Brick Road Wealth Management Branch Network nationally. He was also a founding board member of Project Gen Z, a social enterprise which runs entrepreneur and development programs for disadvantaged children. Over the years, Morello has become an important name in the real estate space and entrepreneurial communities and has since shared his wealth of experience to many. This includes the disadvantage. In fact, he's raised funds for health programs in poor communities. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Morello. My pleasure. Well, it's great to be here. Meet me. We met already. I said it's great to be here. Oh, be here. I thought you said meet you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Trust me, meeting you was one of the highlights of my life. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah. We met in Double Bay, right? We did meet in Double Bay. What's and the we had Indigo? A Indigo. And, and we, we, shared, we shared a meal. We actually it's did. Very, it's very cute. It was like a falafel. Falafel. He died with a falafel in his hand. Yeah, it was actually really good. It was beautiful. Go yeah. check out Indigo, guys, Double Bay. They're not Shameless paying me, plug. but, you know, maybe we should get a plug from them, you know? Um, I'm actually excited to dive in, I guess, about who you are, where you started. So let's just kind of like start from the beginning. How did Morello come about? Yes. Tell me about your backstory. Like where did the drive come from? How did you enter The Apprentice, um, you know, to even meet Mark Boris along that journey? Tell me about the process. So how did you apply for it? Well, why, why, don't, why don't we take it back to, you know, to and that you, you asked that where did it all begin. It, it actually began, ironically, on the corner of Pascavale Road and Buckley Street in Mooney Ponds in Melbourne. And okay. uh, that was where my father's service station was for 47, 48 years. Uh, it was an Amico once upon a time. If anyone's old enough to actually that's listening to this to remember Amico, then it became a VP. And my dad had a couple of other sites as well. He had a Caltex as well. Um, and at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, 
you know, my school holidays and my Saturdays and that were, can, you know, were basically filled with working at my dad's service station, pumping petrol, um, cleaning toilets, stocking shelves. And I think what that did is the, the things I learned at that service station, the work ethic, um, the integrity, um, you know, customer service, world-class experience, the things I learned there watching my father, you know, do cold face mum and dad um, retailing, you might mm. call it to some mm. respects. Um, basically, I've I've taken all of those fundamentals and those core pillars and then I, I use them in The Apprentice and then I use them in when I started my businesses and I've used them throughout my life and, and now I use them every single day. So, you know, the, the natural progression – for that was that I was always looking for things to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my first business at 15, which was running uh, underage uh, drug and alcohol-free events down in Melbourne at the Metro Nightclub and one bar in Mooney Ponds, and we used to run them at QBH. Uh, if anyone's from Melbourne, they'll remember some of those places, but they're all gone now and they've all been turned into apartments as everything has happened in Melbourne, same thing. Um, and then off the back of that, I then, you know, I, I was in real estate having a successful real estate career down in Melbourne and uh, in S and Mooney Ponds and Flemington and Kensington. And how old were you then? I'm, I'm, I started in Williamstown when I was 18 and then I, I did, I've done between 18 to 35 next week. I've actually done close to 1,000 transactions. But at 18, 19, 20, I entered a couple of competitions and, and won some national awards for, for real estate. Uh-huh. Um, and then at 23, one of my good friends, uh, clients and now colleagues, he, he works with our, our real estate business in Melbourne. His name's Spiro Vassiliadis. I better give him a call out. He was like, oh, he sent me the- um, What a name. Yeah. He's a cool cat too. Travelled all over the world with him and he said, you should go on The Apprentice. And at the time, I'd never watched The Apprentice. I was, you know, I was just working and, and, you know, I was- doing deals and, you yeah. know, I was grossing a million dollars a year in real estate as a 18, 19, 20-year-old. So, like, I was busy. Wow. And, um, and, and we, you were selling, right? Selling. So you were sales agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Selling, selling. And then um, he said, you should try out for The Apprentice. And then 10,000 people tried out for The Apprentice. Of the 10,000, I made sort of the top 100 in Victoria, then the top 100 in Australia, then the top 12 onto the show and, and got on. Wow. Mm. But why do you think – they chose you um, out of out of the hundred. Was okay. it like confidence? Was that's, it presence? That's a really and this is this is actually a good life lesson for people. So, two things. Uh, so, I believe half the people were chosen yeah. for entertainment, and half the people were chosen actually for the role. Because Mark Burris put up the you know quarter of a million dollars for somebody to you know to come and work with him, right? So it was his his real, actual money. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't pretend money. It wasn't a television. It was a television show. But at the end of it, he had to actually fork up the cash and give someone the money, right? Yeah. So obviously, he didn't want to get stuck with a you know with somebody who wasn't you know uh, didn't have at least the the nous or the knowledge to be able to do the you know fulfill the role. Um, and so what happened was I believe in what they call the casting, one of the key – and this is like a, in life, you know, for those who don't want to do television and aren't in television, if you're wondering at home or on the bus right now on the train listening to this and you're wondering how this is relevant to me, mm. that in life people want – you to first of all, they want you to be hey, entertaining, right? So mm-hmm. I've I don't I don't try and be entertaining. I, I've been myself, and and I find that people find it entertaining. But at the same time, there needs to be a balance between yes, entertaining, and at the same time having a bit of knowledge, so knowing a lot about a little and a little about a lot. So I think during the casting, they were looking for you know people that interacted well with other people and and 
you know, not in a – I think they, they definitely cast some people to create conflict, but I reckon they cast some people just to create a bit of excitement and fun, and and I try and do that every single day. I've been trying to do that since I was born. So, you know, since I was a young kid, you know, my mum passed away last year and uh, she had dementia. And, uh, and this isn't a sad story. It's kind of a funny and fun story. And, um, two New Year's ago, so not New Year's that just passed the one before. Um, it was the last New Year's I spent with my mother and we, we, I took her to, um, to Crown Casino. Um, and her dementia was starting to get a lot worse. And I took her to a floor show at the Crown Casino in Melbourne and did this big event, thousand people in the Palladium. Anyway. My mum, for the first time ever, forgot who I was. She had never forgotten who I was. She still, like, you know, she'd get a bit hazy, but she forgot who I was. And so she proceeded to tell me after I'd given her a few glasses of champagne how amazing her kids are, you know, how amazing her two sons are and her daughter, and they're all very amazing. And I just listened to her because, obviously, um, I come from a a reasonably um, conservative Italian background. So, like, you don't get a a lot of I love yous or I'm proud of yous out of my dad, but you'll definitely get – like a bit of a yeah. um, bit of love from your mum still, right, yeah. which was good. So my mum obviously, you know, with the dementia had, had forgotten a little bit of doing that, obviously dealing, going through her own stuff. And I'd done the the emotional work with my shaman and, and my counsellor with regard to, you know, being okay with how my mum was. So I could see a bit of humour in it. And so then I proceeded to ask her what is, you know, I said, tell me who your favourite is. And and she's like, look, I don't have any favourites, but the youngest is quite special. And just for the record, I am the youngest. So she was like, he's quite special. And I said, oh, yeah, Pauline, you know, tell me why uh, why he's so special. He goes, because he just has this ability to spend, you know, when he's with people to have fun all the time. Like, And sometimes that's my drawback. If you ask my older brother who's arriving in Sydney on, on Friday to stay at Crown across the road for the next next few days, um, he will tell you that, you know, it's it's been my biggest asset, but sometimes my biggest drawback. Because some people go, oh, I don't know, Morello is just all about the fun. But the reality is I'm like, if it's no longer fun, I'll go home. So 100. I want to keep having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how yeah. I got on The Apprentice. So you think it was because not that you were just a go-getter, but you were you were enjoying it. Like it was fun. I think you've got and to you enjoy it. it. I, and I the think people around you. I think you. you've nailed it there, right? So like you, you – all ships rise in a rising tide. So if you're yeah. a fun, excitable person and you can bring everyone else around you on that journey, one, I think that makes good television, so hence they would have liked that. Mm-hmm. But number two, I think Mark would have liked the fact that I had an ability to, to, to you know, bring everyone else on the journey with me. And I try yeah. to do that every time. I'm trying to do that now while I'm on the on, on the podcast with you, right? So, mm-hmm. like, there, I was about to say on the iPad, like, like I know that somebody's definitely going to be watching it on an iPad or listening <laughs> to it on an iPad. But, you know, whatever it might be, I'm, I'm trying to take people on a journey yeah. and um, I don't – I'm not doing it with with um, disingenuine intent. I'm doing it with authenticity. As in, like, this is me. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I don't prepare for a podcast. I don't read up on it. I don't ask for the questions. I, I don't want to know any of that because what I like to do is come here with being vulnerable and share that vulnerability with the audience. Share that vulnerability with you. Share that vulnerability with your with your team. And if I share that vulnerability, that actually makes me a better human being. Yeah, and that's what I try and do every single day. And do you think that would have helped you along the way with the apprentice of being authentic as well? Massively. That you were super authentic with your approach, yeah. Massively. And like, that always works like, in like, cases. Like in the final um, episode, and I think they're about to start uh, to uh, launch the new Celebrity Apprentice in Australia, so you'll be seeing that on TV shortly. My mate Josh Gibson's in it, so check him out. Is Mark 
on it. No, it's Alan Sugar this time. They actually brought the the UK one out, which is I don't know how they oh, got okay. him. He would have he would have been expensive to bring to Australia for such a long time, but he's he's out here and he's doing it, which is fantastic. So uh, I've met Alan Sugar before over in the UK. I've met Donald Trump before when before nice. he did the president thing. So he he was on the celebrity one in Australia, and I've done a few cameos on the celebrity one, um, but. For those who don't know the structure of the television show, you'll see shortly on Channel 9 when the new season comes out. But um, what actually happens is in the final episode, the last two people, let's call it Belinda and Morello are the last yeah, two people. Yeah, yeah. Belinda gets to choose half the people. I get to choose half the people. And then we go up against each other. So the people that beat that you've beaten mm-hmm. for the prize money are actually the people that come and support you to go on to the, you know, to, to win win the show. And it was interesting. The girl who came second, by the way, is amazing. I'm still good friends with her. What was she pitching? Uh, so the last final episode, it was a fragrance. We both had to, we went to L'Oreal and we had okay. to come up with a fragrance and it was a male fragrance. And once again, she went for a very good model, which was a, um, you know, a, a, a fragrance that was like a classic fragrance. I think it was called like Alpha Male or, or Alpha. And it was, you know, it was a nice clear bottle with a wood lid and it looked like something you'd see at Maya, right? So okay. it was it was great. But I went for something outside the box because I went, you know, like, and here's a lesson in life. Know your audience. Know your client avatar. Know who you're pitching to, right? Yeah. So like I'm pitching to a bunch of mum and dads and uh, that are sitting at home on a, on a, on a you know, on a weeknight at 7 o'clock watching television, right? So like- I know what they're going to want to see. They're not going to. They're not going to want to see a a, a Myers fragrance on their screen. So mm. I did something a bit fun. I did a thing called Clyde, your partner in crime, and it was shaped like a bottle, and well, it was shaped like a bullet. And then, like you know, it was controversial because when we got into the boardroom, Mark turned around and he said, um, "He goes, are you aware that people think that your shape, your bullet shaped bottle looks very phallic like?" And I was like, I didn't even know what the word phallic meant. He's like, I'm like, <laughs> what does it? I'm from the simple boy from. Moon Bonds. I was a boy from the northwest of Melbourne, and I was like, "What does phallic mean?" And he's like, "You know, phallic, like male genitalia." And I was like, "Really? They think my bottle looks like that?" I said, "That's fantastic. It means the girls around the, at work are going to talk about their boyfriend's, you know, Brands. fragrance around yeah. the water cooler. It means that somebody's going to go walk through my R or walk through my chemist and and go and check out the bottle. Like they're not going to go check out a square yeah. bottle with a bre- with a wood lid. Like it's like that's okay, true. that's you know, maybe it's it smells like good, maybe other. it doesn't. Yeah, but at least." It's it's something, you know, interesting and make it interesting. Have some fun with it. So that was that. Anyway, at the end of it, they, they you know, poor Heather at the time because Heather's an amazing girl, the girl who came second, and they actually went around all my side and they said, so these are the people I've beaten. And they go, you know, you know, John, who do you think should win? And they said, Morello. Darcy, who do you think should win? Morello. Peter, who do you think should win? Morello. Mary, who do you think should win? Morello. Then they got to her side and they did the same for her half a dozen that she had or five that she had. And yeah. They went, who do you think should win? They said, you know, and they go, Morello. Who do you think should win? Morello. Who do you think should win? Morello. Only one person on her side said her. And it, it saddened me because I saw I saw that broke her heart, right? Mm. And I'm an empath. I'm a Piscean. It's my birthday in a couple of weeks. Like I'm, I'm a very sensitive person, right? So I felt that, yeah. that you know, but, but the reality was, is that during that period, I think bringing that authenticity and that vulnerability, people were, you know, they they felt like they wanted to support me because mm-hmm. I, I didn't go in there to, with the intention to win. I didn't. I was making, do, writing a million dollars a year in real estate down in Melbourne. I, I thought I'd go on The Apprentice come sixth, fifth, fourth, third, 
leverage the hell out of being on television and then go make $2 million in real estate. I didn't think I was going to move to Sydney and then go into business with Mark Burris and then go into business with Jack Delosa at the Entourage and then go and invest in two or three other little ventures and buy a place in Bondi. Like, I didn't think that was actually going to happen. Like, I thought I was going to go back to Mooney Ponds and sell real estate. How amazing. Well, this is where it's all about embracing the uncertainty of life. A hundred percent. Like, you know, I like that. I think if somebody had told me at 22 that at 34 yeah. – I was going to be living, you know, in in the eastern suburbs of Sydney and and you know traveling all around the world pre COVID, traveling all around the world, speaking at big conferences, and we've got a conference on today with the Entourage, uh, one of our summits. We've got nine thousand people registered. I you know, know. yeah, like doing amazing things, and it's yeah. like if you had told me all that was going to happen, I would have told you crazy. Yeah, like I thought I was going to, you know, I bought I bought the houses either side of my mum and dad. I'm like a good Italian boy. I bought the one on the left first when I was 18 and then I bought the house on the right on Ascovar Road Mini Bonds. Like I'm as but, Italian yeah. as it gets. Like I thought I was going to live in the house next door, get married to a girl that went to the local school that, I, you know, I was at an all-boys school that went to one of the all-girls schools, have a, two or three kids. They'd go to St. Monica's. Wow. My sons would go to St. Bernard's. I thought that's all we would do. I thought that's the life that was destined for me. So here is the lesson in all that, that you need to embrace the uncertainty of life, you need to practice present moment awareness, and most of all, you need to let go of the outcome. I love that. I'm glad you love it, Belinda. I'm like so, yeah, I'm so into that. No, I I, I love the, the journey. It's like embracing, you know, and I, I guess – letting it go and not trying to control the outcome. Correct. And I think a lot of people try to control the outcome. Not a lot. I, I think most people. Most people, 99% yeah, lot, yeah. of people. Yeah. And, I, if, I and we've, at, all, we've all been there. I've been 100%, there. 100%. I've been times. there too. But trying to control. And, and, and I'm certainly not sitting here pretending that I have mastered life. I am yeah. certainly not. Oh, of course. I'm, you know, I'm all, coming still here, learning. you know, here was not seen may cast their first stone, right? So, like, I, and I'm not overly religious. I did grow up Catholic, um, but I'm not religious. Mm-hmm. I'm more spiritual now, um, and but the, my favorite line out of the Bible, not to get all biblical on everyone. Everyone's like, and I'm there thinking, what's no, he trying to push? Some, share. I'm not trying to push some uh, religious agenda, but there's one line in the Bible that I think if every human being took on board, yeah, it would change the world, right? And it's he was not sin make cast the first stone. So you, he who has not done something wrong, or mm. she who has not something done something wrong, then you you can have a go at other people. Right. If not. Sort your shit out yeah. and, and work on your own shit before you start throwing stones at other people, oh, right? 100%. So, yeah. And that's no, where I'm at with it. You know, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Every day I just try and give something, make the world slightly better, give something to somebody. Like I spent three hours with, with a gentleman last night um, and I walked out at, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night from, uh, from this three-hour appointment and one of my business partners goes like, what did you just do in there for three hours? And I said, bro, like it was supposed to be an hour, but he starts pouring his heart out to me about his vision, his dream, what he's trying to create and all yeah. this stuff. And I'm like, you know, can I not spare two hours in my life to help change somebody's life, the trajectory of somebody's life? Yeah. And I think that's part of you being uh, empathetic or mm. empathic. Is it how you say it? Empathetic. Empathetic, yeah. You say tomato, uh, I say tomato. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I don't think there's a right way of saying it as long as and, you're saying And most people are not. You know, people are just shocked. They just have to get you mm. in every way possible, especially mm. in business. A, they don't really are, give a shit. A lot are, they but I, I think I think there's a shift in consciousness that's happening. Look, slowly, I hope so. slowly, I hope so. I slowly, hope so. but it's happening. I mean, I get shocked every day. Yeah, so yeah. you know. Yeah, but you, do you know what that is? Can I? Can, and I'm going to say so many <laughs> politically incorrect things here. I'm putting a Please disclaimer on this, guys. Go. Do you get shocked more by other women? Yes. Yeah. 
It's what happens. Like it's it's sad. What yeah. I'm about to say. I come Men, from a, not really. Yeah, I come from a very matriarchal family, right? My okay. mother was a strong feminine energy, right? So one might say she was a feminine masculine energy. She kept you know our family together. She produced three amazing kids that have done amazing in philanthropy and charity and and done and gone into business and all that. Um, and then she passed away. Yeah. And then my sister has stepped up to the role of the matriarch. She hates me calling her that because she's like, I'm not a matriarch. I said, you are, Liz. Mm. Like you know. She's the general manager of of one of our foundations, the Jealous Craig Foundation down in Melbourne. Like she's raised millions of dollars for charity. She's been to forty countries. She's done volunteer work around the world. She's a very matriarchal, strong feminine, strong mm. female, right? Yeah. So like I'm used to that, and I find that attractive in a girl. Like mm. I, a girl running her own business is attractive. A girl mm. trying to do something is attractive to mm. me. Like you know, not just physically, but also mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. That it's sits a, more in their masculine co- energy, correct? Correct. Feminine. What yeah, I find right. is that is that the insecurities that often men put into women, by the way. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. going to take full responsibility 100%. on behalf of men here. I, I in, read a book about it. Yeah, yeah, the insecurities that men instill into women and have done yeah. for, because of over the patriarchal hierarchy yeah. over the last, you know, since Mesopotamia 5,000 yeah. years ago. Yeah. The challenge you've got is you've got 5,000 years of conditioning. And so, like, women think the only way – to be strong and powerful and and be changing the world is to beat another woman at doing it. And we've seen it in politics. We've seen it in 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 um in the the public world. Well, we're taught to compete with other women. Correct, and it's so sad because, yeah. like you know, I think if if the women women are better than men at nine times nine times out of ten they're better at men than most things. They gen- genuinely are. Mm. And if you look at some of the history of the world, like you look at and please, I apologize if my historical data here is incorrect but to some respects I'm I'm I've got I've I'll get it reasonably right in Rwanda right in Rwanda there was a a genocide like going back the whole don't hold me to the date I'm thinking late 80s not or in the 90s there yeah. was a genocide and then what happened was they lost so many men and boys so many men and boys, because the boys were enlisted to fight in the Civil War. So, so many men and bo- boys that the population of women is like 70, 80%. It's 70, right. 80% women and 20% men. So what they've had to do is the women have had to, had to upskill into men's jobs. Now, they're doing better. Correct, yeah. So the, the, the women, there are, uh, there's more women in politics than men. There's more. So you've got a country here, yeah. a, what one would call, uh, you know, politically incorrect, and I'm doing inverted commas with my fingers here, guys. Um, some would say it is a third world country. Yeah. Yeah. I might say it's a third world country, but the reality is I think they're more advanced than than Western culture in a lot of ways because they were forced to do that. And the mm. women were forced to work together because the men are all dead. Now, why did it take a genocide for women to realize to get their shit together, work together, and they could be more powerful? You know, together they can grow much much faster and much stronger. So don't feel bad mm. and don't get, you know, if you get sharked, take it as a compliment. I get people. I don't know if it's called sharking or, or bagging oh, well, me. Like I, I do, yeah. and you know, and I I do this thing where I go okay, and I got told um, that it's actually quite demeaning that when I say to someone, so somebody will tell me something, yeah. and I'll go okay, whatever, and like they think that I'm demeaning them. I go no, no, no. It's just my way of my mechanism. So my coping mechanism it's is just like cutting it off. I'm just cutting it off. Yeah, like it's yeah. water off a duck's back. Yeah, yeah. So someone says, "Oh, X, Y, and Z said this about." It. I say, "Okay, mm. what am I going to do about it? I don't care." Like yeah. when I go to bed you at night, you don't give the energy. I don't, yeah. Correct. I've only got yeah. so much energy I've got to 100%. share. I can't share it with negative people. No, a hundred percent. Can we jump into 
like from The Apprentice. Yep. Mark Boris. Yes. Um, what happened? So you moved to Sydney from Melbourne. Moved to Sydney. It was How supposed to be for you? 12 months. I'm, I was 24. 24. Oh, yeah. young. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 24. And then you moved to Sydney. Uh, did you rent at the time? Did you buy? Like, no, what I was bought, the situation? I bought a oh, you bought. Oh, you well missed those done. Days. You missed you, I know, you know, the we boom. We didn't meet before then. The boom, yeah. They, yeah. You got yeah. into the boom, huh? Oh, God. Yeah, but you know, you missed the days as in, like, I had this place, uh, 323 Campbell Parade, the whole bottom floor of the Sunray building on North Bondi. I was overlooking the beach and uh, it was known as the cocktail bar so what would happen is i'd be swimming in the bondi beach at north bondi and i'd meet someone in the water like someone surfing or someone having a chat or a group of people and i'd be like hey you going and we're just having a chat and i'm like oh if you ever see my window open feel free to come in and they're like what do you mean You're I said, such an italian the window on the street and i'd point out the place and like people would go to me isn't that a cocktail bar and i'm like no it's my house they're like there's always music it's always filled with people we thought it was like one of those like cool little hidden spots in Bondi, like brew cafe that's, that's around the so corner. Funny. And I'm like, no, it's it's my house. And they're like, so like I'd have this window um, that people could climb through. It's a big window. They would actually climb. Always, always. It was famous. Why does it knock on the door? Nah, because it was it's not very Bondi to knock on the door. You what? just keep the window open and just people come and go as they please. That's such an I'll tell you thing. a funny story. One morning, one morning, my girlfriend at the time, Sandy, she was a hairdresser and she had to get up to go do a um, a wedding. And right. she uh, she she walks out, you know, in her underwear, walks out into the lounge room, and then she just does a beeline back into my bedroom and she's like, Andrew, I'm like, yeah, babe. I go, let me sleep because I'd gone to sleep at like 4 a.m. I go, I go, let me sleep. And she goes, Andrew. I said, what? She's like, wake up. I said, babe, it's like seven o'clock. Leave me alone. Like, it's my Saturday. Let me just have a really, I'm going to go for a, a walk yeah. later on Bondi. And she's like, no, no, no. You need to get up. Somebody is on the lounge. So what had happened, what had happened, one oh, of my mates, my one of my mates had locked himself out of his place literally around the corner. Oh, your mate. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was my mate. It was, it was like my a mate. stranger. But he was in a full tuxedo. He'd gone obviously to a, <laughs> it was a Friday night, he'd gone to a charity ball and That's then so realised that he lost his key, he lost his key, his fob for his, for, to yeah, go yeah. back into his office because he goes, I thought maybe I'll go sleep in my office. Anyway, he got to Bondi, knocked on the door at his place, nobody answered, like, you know, he, downstairs, Art Deco yeah, yeah. building, you're not going to hear. So he goes, Morello's window's always open pushed my window open slept on oh, my and I, and I got him up I go bro you gotta get out of here man it's my so missus f- gotta get ready for work like what are you doing bro you just, get, just get the shit out of her and he's like sorry sorry Sandy and he just like potters off all disheveled so that was the the famous famous pad your yeah, house yeah, yeah. was always open it was and we had we had 500 Polaroids on the wall of did you everyone who ever came did you feed people as well? See, of course, I'm a tame. Of course, you did. I had a pasta and everything. I had a running else. account with Neon Tony's around the corner. Oh my god! Yeah, they would just make anti pasta <laughs> platters and bring it around. They, they leg- legitimately would. I and wish I'd known the you then. I, I would have been over all they the time the glory eating days. pasta. They were the glory days. They were the glory days. <laughs> So, so you moved to Sydney. Yes. Uh, you built a business with uh, Mark. Yes. Talk about that. How so did, how I'm, I'm that? still still a shareholder there. Um, I've still got a financial interest in in a couple of the franchises as well. Um, how many franchises of Yellow? We opened up 135 while I was there. So just quick bio. Do you want to do an intro of what Yellow Brick is? Oh uh, yeah, it's just so people Road. know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's for for mum and dads to help them achieve the two greatest dream dreams of owning their own home and retiring comfortably. So yeah, um, you know, f- uh, financial wealth management and you know financial education, but for mums and dads, it wasn't. You know, we realized that there was a whole bunch of people. Like, if you're very, very wealthy in Australia, you can get some great advice. Um, ironically, if you're 
you know, got no money, you can get some great advice because you've got no money, right? Anyone in the middle is kind of a bit lost because they're not wealthy enough to go and uh, hire a um, a full-time, you know, wealth consultant or wealth manager. Got it. Um, like a wealthy person <laughs> does or, you know, someone who's more affluent. Um, and then if you've got no money, it's sort of taken care of for you. So the, the problem you got, there's this middle ground in Australia. Mm-hmm. So it's like I've seen now with my mum being unwell and passing away last year and my dad being unwell as well, I've realised in Australia you either want to be really, really rich or really, really poor. Mm-hmm. If you're in the middle, you get nothing. So what happens is it's all it's a thing called means tested. Mm-hmm. So for those who don't know what means testing is, they take the group of your net wealth. So you, for example, you might have worked your whole life, mm-hmm. paid um, land tax, paid capital gains tax, paid um, you know income tax, mm-hmm. paid if you own your own business, you're paying payroll tax, you're paying you know you know yeah, company yeah. tax. You paid all these taxes. You got to you get to seventy years old. You have a stroke. You've gone and accumulated. Let's call it for the sake of the conversation, five properties. Uh, that are all up worth, let's call it a few million dollars. But the problem is you have no cash, right? So, like, you, you, the government will give you nothing. They'll give your wife or husband nothing because they're married to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's it's sad, but mm-hmm. you've got you've got you know elderly people mm-hmm. having to get divorced, mm-hmm. like in on paper to be able to get any sort of um, anything from the government. Otherwise, they've got to sell everything. Like the only way that they can survive is they need to sell everything, and you and yeah. and so hence the the challenge you've got is because it's means tested, uh, and the mean means tested means what are your means? Like okay, he you know Peter Peter can go and sell all of his real estate and have enough money to survive. The challenge with that is that most of them never get to a point when they can retire comfortably, so they end up working for too long. And then the Correct. other half of them, um, you know, make terrible decisions and lose a lot of their Correct. personal wealth. So, so you guys kind of structure all of that. We for, we, for we wanted to we wanted to help the mums and dads of Australia. Yeah, cool. And how many franchises do you have? We yeah. opened up 135. The exact number right now. We've had some that have amalgamated. Obviously, off the back of what happened last year was was a difficult period. So I don't know the exact number right now, but okay. we've opened up 135 over the 11 years that the business. And has been is there a few shareholders? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You so it's, and Mark we're, we're, major- it's publicly listed now. Oh, awesome! So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so Mark, Mark is the major shareholder. Then there was cool. a group of us that bought in pre-IPO that were involved in the business, and then we IPO'd it. It's on the stock exchange. When Feel free it- to buy shares, guys. Yeah, when did it go IPO? Um, I don't know, maybe seven years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah. What's the share? It's called YBR. Price? Share price is nine. Uh, nine fluctuates between nine and eleven cents. Okay. So very affordable. Okay. Get in there, guys. Cool. Buy yellow brick road shares today. I don't know if I'm actually allowed to say that. So. <laughs> But do whatever you'd like. Speak to nice. your financial planner. And Before there's, you buy. There's my disclaimer. Correct. Download Correct. Comsec app. Yeah. Uh, so- Are you plugging Comsec now? <laughs> We've plugged in the game. We've plugged I, Comsec. I'm giving them like an easy we, we, you know, correct, way to buy the shares correct. for you. You can do that. Like thank shameless you, plug, you, you know. <laughs> so uh, what are the biggest lessons along working with Mark Boris? Like he's a, he's a big kind of, you know, businessman in, in Australia. Everybody loves, yeah, everybody loves Mark, right? They, they look up to him. They he, do. He creates really cool content, by the way, on he Instagram. Does. I'm obsessed with his stuff. He does. He's got, he's got a really good um, – your content creators are great as well. He's he's. Good though, but he's he's content creator. We should probably give him a, a call out. He's a good mate of mine as well. We actually share a birthday. Him and I. It's his birthday on the fifteenth of March, like mine. So his name is Maddie Purcell. 
well. Oh, so Maddie nice. does a lot of great stuff um, in the philanthropic space as well. Yeah, so yeah, I actually cool. met Maddie um, many years ago. Yeah. I think I introduced Maddie to Mark actually now that yeah, I think about really it. Yeah, got really good stuff. So I um, Maddie and I met at a thing called the Luminosity Youth Summit in Port Macquarie that I do every year. It's our 10th anniversary this year we're doing it. Awesome. So, yeah, which is very exciting. So, yeah. I need to uh, maybe reach out to him. He's really cool. Great. Like his stuff's really cool. I can organise that Belinda. So what's the biggest lesson you would say you learnt? From Mark? Working with him. Yeah. Uh, for, for, like on your end, like what did you learn about yourself? Two things, two things. Number one is um, play to your strengths and okay. work on your weaknesses. Okay. So like Mark um, was- Work very, on your weaknesses. Yeah, work on them, but okay. play to your strengths. Yeah, yeah. So Mark okay. was very good in a sense that he um, did this beautiful thing where I had come from being a simple boy in Mooney Ponds to being this, you know, big- Big guy, in, you know. I was a big fish in a small pond in Melbourne. Yeah. Then I moved to Sydney, and I was a, a I was a big fish in a much bigger pond. And so Mark went, stop trying to be other people. So you know, you don't need to be the smartest guy in the room. You just need to know how Correct. to hold a conversation with the smartest guy in the room. So then he can go and get the right things done for you. So he's like, your 100%. strength is people, right? So yeah. you just focus on the people and yeah. you get somebody to do the numbers. He goes, your strength is relationships. So you focus on the relationships and you get somebody to do, you know, the P&Ls and, and to do the f- forecasting. Then you need to go and understand it. Mm-hmm. If that's a weakness of yours, knowing how to, you know, build out cash flow forecasts and 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 do reporting for an ASX company and a, and a board, if that is a weakness of yours, go and work on that. Mm-hmm. But then focus on the fact that you are good at dealing with the board. You're good at dealing with shareholders. You're good at dealing with franchisees. You're good at dealing with, you know, human beings. So then that's, that's your focus. So play to your strengths and work on your weaknesses. And then the second one um, that, look, I will phrase it differently. He doesn't phrase it like this, but but pressure is a privilege. So what that means is that, like Mark would always talk about how to use fear and, and pressure as fuel. Right. But mm-hmm. like, then I realized that if you feel pressure, it is a privilege. If you feel pressure, you're in the advantageous position to change the fate of your life and the people around you. Yes. So I'll repeat that again. If you're, if you feel pressure, it is a privilege because you're in the advantageous position to change the fate of your life and the people around you. So if, if you're feeling pressure, it is a privilege because if you didn't have anyone to worry about, husband, wife, partner, kids, mum, dad, whatever, if, mm. if you didn't have any of that, then it would be a pretty sad life. So the only reason why you feel pressure is because you feel like you need to help them and help them go to the next level. Yeah, I love that mm. quote. I definitely need to take a piece out of that. You can. Uh, yeah, for sure. And edit. That's that's great. That's really great. Um, and I want to um, tap into Entourage because I know we've spoken about Mark and, yep. and what you've done, The Apprentice and all of that. Yes. Um, by the way, are you still doing anything in real estate? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So management? I'm, yeah, well, or, I'm or? still still my, – so my brother's one of the d- uh, directors at Jealous Craig down in Melbourne. Okay, so, cool. So uh, I still do stuff with him and, cool. and uh, still – Still do some consulting around the real estate. So nice. Do a lot of real estate training now. Nice. Um, okay. So a number of the people that join the entourage are our members, you know, uh, in accelerate and elevate yeah, yeah. program are cool. in real estate. So, yeah. I want to talk about that um, because COVID was a time, which I don't really like to talk about too much because mm. it's so overused, but I'm wanting to know- It's so 2020. Uh, it is. <laughs> so 2020. So last year, we're over it uh, I want to know, like, what type of members were joining up because- through that time, there was like a lot of, um, I guess, people that were losing jobs. I think it was like 200,000 people lost mm, their jobs mm. in, in one case of three yeah. months. It was just ridiculous. So, my question is, 
were those the types of people you were getting that have lost their jobs? That Some. were kind of seeking for advice on yeah. how can I start my business maybe, and kind maybe, of have maybe control 20%. of my maybe own Maybe 20% income? were people that, had, had, you know, I had a lot of friends that were at Qantas that um, took redundancy packages and yeah, yeah, they used that money to then go start their own business. So, like, right. I think there was three sort of three sectors of people. There was people that – um, had always had a corporate job, been institutionalized, had an opportunity, saw this as an opportunity to actually fulfill their life's purpose and actually start that business they've always wanted to start. Awesome. Um, so that was one, one, you know, percentile. Let's call it 20% for the sake of the conversation. Then the, the second sort of percentile of people that were either already in the entourage or joined were people that were doing, you know, six figures. So let's call it they're doing a few hundred grand in revenue or a hundred grand or maybe, you know, under a hundred grand in revenue. And they wanted to then become a seven and eight figure business owner. And the only way they could do that is to get some structure. Like the reality was after, Systems. after what we went through in 2020, we realized that what you once did, doesn't always work anymore. So, like, you know, there was an old adage, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. That's not true anymore, right? So, if you are if you still do the same advertising, like let's call it real estate's a perfect example. If you do Facebook, uh, letterbox drop, cold call, and door knocking, that's not going to work anymore. One, two, I don't even think you're allowed to door knock anymore. Like, I, I don't think people are going to answer the door to you with this whole scare and mongering that we did last year, right? So, if you've always done what you've always done, you're mm-hmm. not going to always get what you've always gotten. So, you need something different. So, those businesses that we're doing anywhere between zero to half a million dollars in revenue. A lot of them joined our Accelerate program. Okay. Um, and, you know, they've 2X their revenue, 3X their revenue because they, um, and I hate this word, I'm not even going to use it actually, they've evolved their product suite. They've evolved how they okay. do their business. They've gotten smarter at their marketing and sales. Like all growth is marketing and were sales. Were you going to say innovate? No, I was going to say pivot. <laughs> okay, I'll but pivot. I hate that oh. word. What a, what a so 2020 word. Like we pivoted. <laughs> how did you pivot? No, no, correct. I was like, stop how did you pivot? So there was an evolution there. And then the last part was people that were doing really, really well as in like doing a million dollars in revenue, but wanted to become a three, four, five, 10, 15, $20 million business. Then they um, joined our, what we call our seven figure program, which is our, um, our elevate program. Yeah. And that's, that's for seven and eight figure business owners exclusively. And we've got a thousand of them logged on for our 9,000 people event today. So obviously there's a market for that right now. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and you guys do like mainly consultants, that type of thing? With business it- education. Okay. Business education, community, events. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been around 11 years. Uh, Jack and I are best time, mates yeah. as well. Yeah. So, Jack's like, a cool guy. He's a very cool guy. So, I was with him last night and, and – um, uh, he's just, yeah, like the, the vision was how do we help um, everyday business owners? And because not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Some people want to be business owners too. So yes, we help entrepreneurs, but then sometimes just people want a business that's doing $2 million a year in revenue. It's net profit before tax is doing you know, four or five hundred thousand. Yeah. They pay themselves a wage of two fifty, but they can still take their kids to school every day. I have a quick question why you just said that entrepreneurship. Yeah. Do you think you're born with it or do you think it can be learnt? Real quick, you don't need it's, to give me a long answer. Nature versus nurture. Yeah. I, I think I, I was nurtured it because I grew up in my dad's service station. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of – I think the skill – of entrepreneurship and business can be taught. Yes. Um, so that's what we do at the entourage, that's right? right? The yeah. skill can. You can, yes. Uh, but the drive needs to be the something grit. inside yeah. you. So Hard. I say to people, 
Uh, you know, we, we don't accept everyone into the entourage. Mm-hmm. We, 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 they go through an interview process. The reason why we do that isn't to be cool or to, you know, to try and say no to people. Yeah. It's actually to set a expectation that if you're going to um, come- Like a pre-warning Well, it's, you need to fit the mold. Yeah. So, like, you, you can be- If you're, 100, if you're doing $150,000 a year in revenue and you want to do a million dollars and you're about to go pay us, uh, you know, to join the entourage- and we know that you're probably not the kind of person who's going to build a multi-million dollar business. We probably won't take you on. The reason for that, we don't want to disappoint you, one. Two, our vision, mission, and values probably aren't aligned. Mm. And three, I think um, there is a caliber of people. When I say caliber, it's not how much money they've got yeah. in their bank account. Yeah. It's not who they know. It's not what car they drove. When I say caliber of people, it's what's inside you from a characteristic point of view. Yeah. You know, are you? do you have integrity? Are you looking to, you know, have you got strength? You know, mentally, Are you? have you got resilience? Have you got the fortitude to go to a million dollars mm-hmm. or two million dollars mm-hmm. or ten million dollars? Mm-hmm. You know, I say, with a, a a very famous female entrepreneur yesterday, and she talked to me talked to me about how her business is doing ten million dollars, and she wants to be doing hundred million dollars and be in multiple countries. And I turned to her, and she's in her late twenties, and it's very impressive. And I turned to her and said, "If you want to do that, it is possible. But are you are you prepared to do what it takes?" Yeah, of course. And she's like, "Yeah, I work 12, 15 hours. That it's not to do with the amount of hours you're working. It's mm. the paradigm shift between being, you know, you know, being caught up in things that aren't going to take you to the next." level. level versus things that are going to, you know, you know, elevate you and beyond. A hundred percent. And going back to the members at Entourage, you have a lot of people that sign up that, you know, possibly an entrepreneur, like a business owner or want to get into business. What are the biggest things that you see, like mistakes that they're doing in their business? Great question. Yeah. like what's the constant mistake you constantly keep seeing sales every and marketing. single time? Marketing and sales. Marketing, marketing and, and sales. It's the mistake. They're, they're, you know, everyone okay. goes and throws money at well, Facebook selling, ads. you don't essentially have a business, well, right? Well, so- but they're, 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 that's the biggest mistake. So, like what happens is, that you know, they go and throw money at Facebook ads. Yeah. And then one of the first things they say to us is, I did Facebook ads. They didn't work. I said, right. But did anyone sit you down and show you how to structure a Facebook ad or structure content? Like, so, wait, like, what they did, you- did the Facebook ad on their own? It's all right if they do it on their own, but they need to know what they're doing, right? Or, or, or they've <laughs> yeah. given it to a, a, a paid media okay. company, or, company, and it's also a, a challenge. They yeah. give it to a paid media company, but they don't understand it. So right. when they don't get the result, which is the CPL, which is cost per lead, yeah. the cost, the CPA, the cost yeah. per acquisition, the yeah. row house, which is a return on advertising spend, when they don't get these things, which they often they don't even know about yeah. CPL and CPA and yeah. row house. Yeah. Like I'm like, so you went and spent 20 grand advertising on Facebook, but- you don't even know what these terms are. Like, yeah, yeah. you should understand. You need to know this stuff. Yeah, of course. Like, there's no yeah. point in just throwing money at things and then yeah. when it doesn't work, you get upset by it. Yeah. Understand it. Mm-hmm. And then once you understand it, then you can make better decisions and informed decisions, right? So the biggest, the two biggest mistakes are number one is marketing is just all over the joint. It's sporadic. It's reactionary. It's like, oh, we made no money this month. Shit. Let's go throw 20 grand into ads and then we'll make lots of money. And then the following month, it's gone again. Like, it's like, wait a minute. You, you need to actually understand that you need a marketing plan. So that was number one. And number two is no sales process. So most people get by on the fact, you know, like you're a very charismatic woman, right? So like if you were selling me something, I would buy it because you're charismatic. But then can your team also do the same thing? Like mm-hmm. do they have that charisma or that right. style or that finesse or right. that knowledge about around recruitment or whatever it might be, right? Yeah. Do they have that? 
If yeah. they don't, then we need to take Belinda, turn Belinda into a system, call it the Belinda way, and mm. then teach them the Belinda way and let them do the selling. Because right. if, if Andrew Morella so and Jack no Delosi- systems, essentially. Well, like, no. it's, it's, I think it's not with, with selling, it, I don't call it a system. It's more a process, a selling process, mm. right? So mm. it's all about putting some structure around the craziness that is, you know, a business owner or an entrepreneur. Well, Lani was saying when we uh, had a chat over brunch, she was like, oh, by the way, Lani's a coach at <laughs> Entourage. She is. She's one of the head coaches, actually. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's amazing. she's a very beautiful woman. She is, she inside, is. Inside and out. Yeah. So I just want to make that very clear. I guys. love Lani. Yes. Uh, uh, she was saying that the most thing that she constantly sees is people don't have systems, like not Correct. even a CRM. And I was like, no. what do you mean? They're using spreadsheets like, they or don't, pieces yeah. of paper. Yeah, she's like, they use Excel. I, I was like, I stop I right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they don't even have like an actual CRM. How, yeah, go, how are they keeping up to date like with activity? Name, or, name, mobile, email address. They don't have it. And um, and not even like sending mass emails or anything. It was just Nothing. like no manually. communication. Yeah. I was like, that is Just intense. like I made no, well, sorry, I just, that I made no money this month. That's you intense. Know, I made no money yeah, yeah. this month. Shit, I better um, go and call 20 yeah, people. Yeah, just the simplest things that you wouldn't think of, right? So, mm. yeah, cool. So, that's like the biggest mistake is sales and marketing. Yeah, marketing and sales marketing in that order. Because what happens is they need to get their marketing right in order to have the people to talk to to make their sales. Perfect. This is the other challenge that I find, that people think they need to get their sales right, then they, then they go and invest in marketing. Perfect. I go, let's get your marketing right, then yeah. the sales will start to come. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, I've got a couple questions I want to end off with. Um, yes. This one is actually quite interesting. Yes. You've uh, had your fair share of inspirational stories from people you've met across the world. You've met really amazing people. I have. Donald Trump, you mentioned before. Um, I don't know if I put him in the amazing you, category. But I mean, just, yeah. as a business no, you know, no, person, he, joking, he does joking. incredible yes, things. I'm does, probably going to get, yes. you know, uh, hated on. No, no, I'm said, joking, but, you I'm know, joking. And I, once again, he's a perfect example. He's he done some is, amazing he's, things. He's an amazing businessman. Correct. He's done some amazing things. I'm not things. talking about who he is as a person Correct. personally. I, I, I totally agree with you, right? A so, businessman. He's yeah. incredible. His business acumen is, yeah, out of this world. Um, do you want to share with us – like any stories that really inspired you. Yeah. I don't know, some who stuck with you like over the years that you've met? Like, is there one person that just kind of really stood out, was like, holy crap, that think, was such think, a great think, story? And, and I know, well, I think if you want to know like someone super admirable. Yeah. So um I'm a big fan of Jerry Harvey. Jerry uh, Harvey. Jerry Harvey owns Harvey Norman. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, so he's got a, an empire, you know, two or two three billion dollar empire. I heard he like hundred. Um, he went a hundred percent in sales. Uh, got a hundred percent in sales through COVID, something like that. Oh, he did very he, like, well. Like ten x. Yeah, he did extremely well in COVID. He's, he's a, a very impressive businessman. So, um, he's also can I actually say behind every great man's an even better woman. His his wife Katie is she is the 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 brains behind the business. But wow. but Jerry is the brawn. Like he and you know he's done it consistently for seventy plus years, right? Yeah, yeah. Where um you know Katie you know when when she married him she really rose to the occasion and became an amazing uh, entrepreneur herself and businesswoman. But um like the reality is like. You know, Jerry's always been someone, you know, I catch up with regularly. Um, he's, he's great. He's a very big supporter of our philanthropic work. So I, I sell lunches with Jerry. Um, uh, Jack DeLosa bought it once for 20 grand. So we went for this great lunch with with Jerry, which was amazing. Um, spent the whole day with him. But, like, I think Jerry's amazing. I think, um, you know, Geraldine Cox in Cambodia, who I have my orphanages in Cambodia with. So she's yes. got Sunrise Village, Cambodia. So Geraldine Cox, OAM, Order of Australian Medal winner. She um, 
uh, she's like a second mum to me. She's actually the first person who called me when my mother passed away last year. So I, I did a post at like five o'clock in the morning, and uh, I don't know if she was still up or she was she'd gotten up early in Cambodia. I haven't quite worked that out yet. But she called me straight away as soon as I posted that she saw it and she called me, and she knew my mum had been sick for a number of years, and yeah. she met my mum at lots of my charity events. Um, and Geraldine has sacrificed twenty five years of her life to to um, rescue children in Cambodia from child prostitution and begging circles oh my and gosh. uh you know she sacrificed her life for those kids and what like an incredible woman amazing woman amazing woman oh if anyone God, wants to I'd check it out um, so son, i can organize that wow you have to do it via zoom but what i can an, organize yeah, that no, yeah, what an yeah. incredible story she is she's an amazing woman so check out geraldine cox guys wow um and then last but not least uh i think my dad and my mum and dad, like, yeah. you know, like my dad, we have our moments now. And, I, you know, as I've said before, and I'm not saying this begrudgingly, I've done the work with my shaman on this, but, like, um, <laughs> I, my dad doesn't say I love you or I'm proud of you, but ironically he can sit there for an hour on the phone um, to to people then and or see them face-to-face and talk about me for an hour. Oh, my go, God. Oh, my God, I just finished talking to your dad. He did not stop talking about thing. you. Like, like, my dad will listen to this. Same with my parents. He, he, my he mom, will listen yeah. to this. When you post this. I'll reshare it. He'll sit Same there at one in the mom. morning down She's in Mooney Ponds and he will listen from start to finish yeah. and he might even but listen to it a second time. Verbally. But he'll never say, well, well done, it was great. But then he'll tell ego. other people, you should hear this podcast about something. And I'm like, okay, you can just say it to me, Dad. And now I make him feel really uncomfortable. I go like, I love you. And I keep saying, telling him. And, and he's like, he oh, okay. That's great. It's like <laughs> he gets all awkward about it, but that's they're from a different era. It is, yeah. Like they it's think, different. They think being a man was like they come on a boat it's with different. one shoe and an empty suitcase. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's from Italy. Like yeah, they don't think different. like their dad didn't say I love you. They don't say I love you. So yeah. I'm gonna break that with my son. Yes. Yes. Lion. Launch launch to the world. I uh I had a beautiful baby boy. Uh, last week, his name's Lion Main. Lion King. He's the Lion King, but I spelt Main M A I N, so it's Lion. The main man, Morello. Yes. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. She so, wasn't going to mention this on the podcast, by well, the way. Well, just, you know, we, we, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just come into the world. So we're, we're, so cool. we're in, the mo- in the process of launching him. So, you know. Launching. We did a, we didn't, his- we did a name launch a few days ago. So Did I you post about Lion? I haven't out? done a post yet. Okay. No. That will come. I'll come. It will come when we do this. Yes, this release. I think this. next week. Uh, great. We'll launch so this. So you need to do a We'll post. launch the baby. There we go. Yeah. Um, and last, last question. Thanks for sharing that. By the way, uh, My pleasure. Last question. Um, what is the one thing that you would leave with the audience? I know it's kind of generic, but I'd love to kind of get your um, idea yeah. on this. What would you leave with the audience if somebody was trying to start a business or struggling in their current business? Um, what advice would you give that person? And look, it's it's a really broad question, right? No, I've got something. Awesome. Go. More is lost with indecision than wrong decision. More is lost. With indecision than wrong decision. And elaborate. I find that the biggest problem with human human nature is that people sit on the fence. They're not prepared to take a risk mm-hmm. and they're not prepared to, to step outside their comfort zone to reach their full potential and not waste their precious life. So my I'm a big believer that if you're prepared to step outside your comfort zone, you're prepared to make a decision, even if it's the wrong decision, mm. but you make a decision and, and then it's the wrong decision and you fail and you fail fast and you go, shit, okay, I need to evolve or change or do something differently. I 
believe more is lost with indecision, like sitting there not making a decision yeah. than wrong decision. So, like, get out there, be bold, be proud, and and have a crack. I love that. For those who are listening, we just fist pumped. We did. Yes. <laughs> we also you. held hands earlier, but believe that they didn't oh want to put that on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. It if- was so great to have you. So many good like tips and tricks that you gave on I the podcast. I'm just a pretty face, Belinda. <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of people do think that, male and female, that I'm just a pretty face, but I'm more than just a big you bunch are. of curly hair, headband, cool yeah. shirts, you know, bracelets from Cambodia. Like you know, I'm more than just that. I'm a real person as well. Um, I think I'll just end it on as well. Guys, if you want to um, stay in touch, log on. and I was uh, just about to say yeah, that. Yeah, Handles, ch- please. Yeah, so at Andrew Morello on Instagram. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to give you my email too. If anyone wants to email me. Please, wants yeah. to talk about their business. So morello at the-entourage.com.au. Maybe you can put it underneath. You know, so I will, yeah. Morello at the-or so, hyphen, whatever you want to call it, entourage.com.au. Um, and uh, check. Check out Sunrise Cambodia, so Sunrise Village Cambodia. Check out Geraldine Cox. Check out um, my – I sit on the board for Project Gen Z, which is a social enterprise to teach um, kids in Cambodia and in Australia entrepreneurialism um, and and starting a business. And last but not least, check out Seed Foundation Australia. It's the work we do with the Indigenous community. I sit on the board there and was one of the founders of that, founding board members on that, and we work with kids in Indigenous communities in healthcare education. And one more plug, uh, what's the next upcoming event for Entourage? Well, today was amazing. So if you missed Today, guys, you should not have done that because we had 9,000 registrations for okay. our, our summit today. Um, and But if you reach out to me, I'll put you on my nurture sequence. There we go. And I'll teach you how to do that as well. Um, and you can uh, you can we'll let you know all the upcoming events. For, awesome. for those who are current members, so we've got, you know, in some way, shape or form, nearly 1,000 members. For those who are current members, we're having a members assembly next month. Okay. Um, so if anyone's interested in attending a three-day members assembly um, and they want to know more about how to be a part of our community to do do that, reach out to me on email, Leo what dates or are myself. Those? April. Oh, okay. I'm not. Do, April. I, do I look like I'm that smart, Belinda? Yes, I'm you the do. pretty face. I'm the pretty face in the company. So next month, next month, next month. Okay. But, so you've got plenty of time. Let's and have they a can ch- email you. Let's have a chat. Email me. Let's get. Let's have a chat about about your business in March, and then if you want to be awesome. at the member assembly, we'll get you all set up as part of the community. Thank you so much, Belinda. No, thank you, Belinda. <laughs> you know, thank you for stepping outside your comfort zone and reaching your full potential. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for choosing to Wake Up With Focus. If you haven't already, please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Focus Inc. is a leading provider of new age branding and multifaceted marketing and innovative staffing through NMS Employed. And for more insights and actionable steps on how to propel your digital presence to success, follow us on our socials via at anemisofficial and at ployed.co on Instagram. Connect with us on LinkedIn at anemis or ployed or get in touch directly, belinda at focus.com.au. That's focus with a double C. We'd like to say a special thank you to BizPay, our main podcast sponsor. In the current economic climate, maintaining good cash flow is a priority for all businesses. BizPay gives companies the opportunity to hire the professional service providers they need now and pay later by splitting an invoice into four easy monthly installments. For more information on how BizPay can help you improve your cash flow, grow your business or attract new clients, please visit bizpay.com.